Okay. So, uh, Jason, do you want to go? Well, that's, I mean, now it's awkward because, I mean, like, the last things I wanted to talk about were my problems with the movie. And now, without him here, I mean, it's just going to sound like I'm just dumping on this thing. Oh, no, that's okay. I'm here to, you know, to give the other perspective. <laughs> and we, we can try to wrap it up. That's okay, too bad. Right. Yeah, I was. I should have tried to let it, you No, no, see. no. I, it's, it's impossible to know when these things will happen. It's fine. All right. So in no particular order. Let me just, there's a few really big problems with this movie. Okay. And again, these are so, going to go from really big problems to just peeves, but it's just a list and they're, they're in no order. Okay. Every, okay. every single thing about the Zorel Russell Crowe uh, AI hologram is bullshit and problematic. Yep. I mean, the fact that they are able to create this like AI thing that's so much like a real person that it has like emotions and stuff completely undercuts the impact of his death but also it just has like real world problems like okay it runs around not just the the old um colony ship but also the um the uh the bad guy ship and it just runs around which to me means they must have hologram projector technology that is so readily available that they just throw it everywhere because it's like why not it'd be convenient to do so and that's fine except that if that technology exists and has existed in their in their like society for 22,000 years or 20,000 years sorry i'm sorry but the the way technology and stuff works you you rarely ever have redundant technology. Usually something prevails and then it becomes the dominant thing. Look at like uh, VHS and beta or like yeah. uh, Blu-ray and HD DVD. And those are just weird examples, but they're, they're, they're good examples because if you had technology that is photorealistic, like lifelike holograms that are so easy to do that you throw them all over your ships and moreover, you've had it, clearly for 20,000 years you that metal technology the liquid metal technology that they're showing to do the uh the the the, the baby birth at the beginning and the, the, they're using it all over krypton and then they use it at the end with the uh the big um <laughs> they use it for the giant spider that he has to fight at the end john peterson's giant spider that has to show up in the third act <laughs> <laughs> all of that technology doesn't make any sense why would you be, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I love the idea of these movies that do this. It's probably the 20th movie that's done this, where it's like, wouldn't it be cool if we had a way to manipulate metal in a way sure. where it could create an actual lifelike or like a three-dimensional object for us to look at? And it was detailed enough that it's okay that it's monochromatic because we would enjoy the 3D aspect of it better than a screen. That's interesting. But once you have yeah. lifelike holograms, that technology's done. <laughs> that yeah, is the, very the, uh, nitpicking, though. Uh, okay, the, wait, wait, hold the, on, hold on. Well, one last thing. One last oh, thing. Oh, okay. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. So those are the two th first two things, and then I was just trying to last... agree with you. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No man. time pressure now. You can let him. Say I know. Uh, it, it just <laughs> makes it stupid that like so you've got this AI thing, and he can plug it into the flash drive on the on the ship right so this yeah. is a, a two-part thing the other like the colony ships are extremely problematic there why are there no they say they send out thousands of colony ships 
that according to the ice thing are 20,000 years old. Why are there not millions of Kryptonians, billions at this point, all over the galaxy? They, they have one line of dialogue somewhere, a throwaway line saying, our outposts failed. Why? How? And even if they did, why are there not Kryptonians <laughs> on other planets that just like, we're like, well, our outposts failed. We had to do whatever we could. We just went to this planet. Now there's like thousands of Superman all over the place. That doesn't make any damn sense. And I think the only reason they did it is because they didn't want to have a fortress of solitude for him to talk to his father on, like in the old, you know, uh, Christopher Reeves thing. So they had this ship that for some reason they have to find that's 20,000 years old. He plugs it in the flash drive that still works on the damn thing. And, you know, and then his dad can talk to him with these uh, things. And this AI is so advanced that it's basically like talking to his father with all his memories and experiences and everything. So at this point, he Zod says to him, you got 24 hours to make a decision what to do. Why doesn't Superman go to his father's ship, or to the, the ship, I mean, that he has up there, plug into the flash drive, talk to his father and go, hey, who's this Zod guy? Is, can, I, can he be reasoned with? Is, can, is he going to be okay? He'd be like, no, this guy is insane. He will literally kill everybody on this planet. And if you give him what he wants, he's still going to kill everyone on this planet. You have to make a decision now to either kill him or lose. I mean, this is all it is. And then he could just be like, all right, cool. And then take his little baby pod thing and just chuck it at the, at the guy in space and kill them all. And no human, yeah. no human deaths. That's what they do at the end to succeed. They take the pod that he flew in because mm -hmm. yeah. it has a phantom drive on it. Oh. And they drop it onto his ship and it creates a black hole and kills all of them. And it saves the day. If, if, if they learn that because Lois talks to Russell Crowe. If he could just talk to Russell Crowe during that 24-hour period, he could just grab the stupid pod, fly into space, throw it at their ship, and and then save the day. Zero human deaths. Yeah, but yeah. I think he doesn't... Um, does he speak to him? Like, uh, I No, think... he doesn't talk to a priest. Yeah, he talks to a priest. Exactly. He just... He he didn't know. I mean, he, he himself didn't trust Zod, but... Yeah, but, but he can I, learn what the important information he needs to know to make the decision he's struggling with by talking to his father, who's right there because of this dumb technology. All I'm saying is, this is a, a what, a, what I'm a asking is, at technology. that point in the movie, did he already speak to his father once? Yes. But there's no reason he can't go back up there and talk to him. Oh, a, he spoke to him once. Oh, yeah, yeah, with Lois when Lois was there and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, I, I mean, that's a harp it, it, on the I, same thing. Oh, go I, ahead. I, I mean, he could literally just jump. He could literally hop, skip, and jump to the ship and talk to his father again. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm going to go talk to a priest and struggle with this decision rather than talk to someone who intimately knows Zod. And yeah, but uh, but I, he doesn't necessarily know any of this. I mean, you know, yeah, it's, it's his dad it's showed him the flashback scene with the, the little the with Zod the, 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 the little metal thingy on the wall that explains the history. And he goes, "This was was what happened to Krypton." And he goes, "And then this evil General man, Zod. General Zod, showed up, and he did this, this, and this, and we barely launched you into space at the last second." Blah 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 blah. Wait, so like, uh, so he did tell him about Zod, and that's why no, he, he just told him he's a bad man, and that's which why is he why he didn't trust them. Okay, but, now you're connecting I mean, it. For I'm me. I'm just saying, why not go? You're he's 
He has 24 hours to struggle with this decision rather than go to a priest and just go, gosh, what's the moral solution to this dilemma? Go talk to Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe's the one who tells, who ends up telling, you know, Lois Lane that they need to use the phantom drive to kill him. I mean, he could have gotten all the information right then and there, but he just like, oh, there's no reason for him to go talk to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I can see that argument that maybe that's something he could have done, but he just made the wrong call well, in the moment. I, I just mean yeah. to say that that the having the it super advanced AI hologram of Russell Crowe is the problem. Because then it, it, once you take that out, then the rest of that works. But the fact that he's there, it's just, it's so problematic on so many levels. And it couples with the stupid ship, the 20,000 year old pioneer colonizing ship. Because it's like, they say it's 20,000 years old. I can, I can maybe in a weird sci-fi comic book movie, accept that their technology is still relevant and compatible after 20,000 years. I don't know why it would be, but whatever, it's Kryptonian. Who knows? Maybe it just works, you know? But why... Yeah, no, I buy that it uh, works. So let's just say, let's just say we're all going to be on the same page with that. Who cares? It works. Okay, why does the House of L, one family in the amidst the entire planet of Krypton, have one of its suits in a twenty thousand year old ship? One thing that I wanted to point out, uh, you know, like Jor-El, who in the movie uh, somehow was rescued by his giant space wasp twice in one sequence avatar bird <laughs> yeah. i i you know jason you brought up um star trek into darkness earlier and one yeah. of the biggest problems with star trek into darkness was hey we cured death <laughs> yeah and one of the biggest problems with uh, Man of Steel is well. They didn't quite cure death, but they got really fucking close. <laughs> yeah, with the hologram thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. I mean, if if Jarrell was just there uh, as a hologram, say like pre-recorded message. Uh, uh, yeah, right, right. Yeah, making pre-recorded messages. That would have been fine. Okay, but I mean, it seemed like it's a conscious being yeah it's so just, it's so problematic well, yeah I, th I think it's limited uh, programming like it's 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 not the the individual it's limited but but it comes close it's a representation of it like yeah joy but, uh, from uh uh blade from, runner yeah <laughs> something like that I yeah but her. but but in any case um you I know as far so as <laughs> as far as the uh all, all those things uh I think it's it's just him being flawed, him not knowing what to do. He goes to a priest because he's a kid from Kansas, not because he's he's not a uh, you know like Zod, like a general who will think what's well, the next best move to do. He, I, I guess he, I guess my problem isn't with that decision because you're right that that's a very human thing to do. It's just a dumb thing to have put in the movie because it creates that weird hole, that weird problem. Yeah. Well, one thing I'll say. Um, before I forget, is um, yeah. uh, I know I'm I've known this since I was a kid, but uh, it is kind of fun that uh, for one thing, his mother is Israeli, you know, uh, the uh, in the movie, but but yeah. also oh, yeah. there's yeah, a Snyder uh, yeah, she, she was also yes. in Munich. <laughs> yes, that's true. Well, Munich has a lot of Israeli actors, um, but in any case, yeah, except for the lead. 
Except for the, yeah, the few leads, actually. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm talking about like the people in Israel. A lot yeah. of them were Israeli actors. Um, yeah. yeah, but actually Golda Meir wasn't in Israel. <laughs> in any case, it's all stupid. And then they speak in different languages. Some speak in Hebrew, some speak in English. It's all stupid, but whatever. Uh, in any case, still an okay movie. Uh, but, but, uh, uh, but in any case, um, I was going to say, like, uh, his name is Kal-El, like yeah. son of El. El is God in Hebrew. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and I do wonder, and he was created by Jewish writers, at least yep. one of them, I think. Uh, so, um, so yeah, I wonder if the whole L thing is because he's supposed to be uh, oh, I'm, sort I'm of a almost, god. I wouldn't yeah. be even remotely surprised. I think that's yeah, just good writing. That's probably what it is. Yeah, Cal L, son of L, which, by the way, my, my last name, Ben Harosh, is son of Harosh. It's son of L. Like, even his last name is like kind of like Israeli. <laughs> so. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no, it's uh, I, I totally understand your feelings. And, and obviously, when you pick apart, especially a movie that's this like this, a movie that that's this like swinging for the fences, you're going to find flaws. I like I did. So I, I don't deny your point of view at all. Um, it's and maybe I didn't get to see it said before. But ultimately, whether it's Snyder or whatever it is. Or the other iterations of Superman, the other attempts like Superman Returns and stuff. Um, I really thought it was just refreshing that somebody at least attempted to do something different. Uh, and, and, I, and I was like, maybe that's the best you can do right now for Superman. And, and it does suck that he didn't give him at least one movie as as Superman <laughs> to actually have a, a, a movie movie with hope in it. But that's fine, and hopefully the next reboot will be better. Like you said, maybe a happy medium. But I, I was just glad that it was somebody was swinging for the fences with it, even even if it was a, yeah. it wasn't a, a home run, you know. And for the record, I, I at least I I did like the movie better than Superman Returns. Uh, yeah, I, I'll I, definitely. I, you, you 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 might actually remember uh, we were actually we were in the theater waiting to see atonement and the trailers came up and the trailer for the, uh, the other Boleyn girl came up and I just turned to you and said, Genesis, like Panavision Genesis. <laughs> it, it, and, uh, that's because that camera always looked like a piece of shit. I mean, it was just, it looked plastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think if I'm not mistaken, and, I saw this on IMAX, like Superman Returns, which is a terrible idea. It was yeah. so like <laughs> so much noise. Uh, yeah, well, it, well, I, I mean, uh, uh, well, uh, Superman Returns, we we saw in a normal theater uh, the first time, but uh, Man of Steel was, uh, I mean, that was shot on 35 millimeter film, and it look kind of nice uh, it, it was grainy but not as as, as grainy uh, in a bad way as superman returns which by the way i rated it a five so i, I definitely was consistent on, on that one um, yeah yeah uh the one thing i forgot it's too bad because i did send to naor the um the trailer <laughs> but like oh the article. yeah, we, gotta talk about yeah the trailer. We, we should talk about that quickly um well right, hurry because I, I was only halfway through go, go oh on. wow okay well i but in any case, yeah, no, no, I, I do, I, I do find this interesting, like people's approaches, like that article that we saw that's 
basically saying how the the last trailer was and we've brought this up in other episodes before how sometimes trailers can almost have feel like they have more substance than the movie itself because they're touching on ideas but they don't have to flesh them out completely and in the movie they ended up not being fleshed out so I, i totally understand the point of view of that article saying that the trailer is the best Superman movie never made. <laughs> but because it's it's probably the movie that I did want to see, or at least something close to it. Um, like there's some touches of it in the actual movie, you know, stuff about... Lines of know, dialogue, maybe. Like, you know, they, 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 they pulled the line of dialogue of Russell Crowe saying, you know, because Kryptonians are like basically dna modified like genetically modified and stuff like the b whatever caste system that they have and he's like the first one in generations that's um but they don't play that up enough no they don't they don't they don't like play enough i mean our touching on this the whole thing with zod having just a one purpose and him being his own man yeah conflicted and everything but they don't play it up enough about the whole thing about what kind of a person will you be like you know what's um you know it's that dilemma of like once you have so much power like if you're a superman on a planet with with puny humans like what do you how do you use that power and 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 none of that was was in this like it just should have been maybe a second movie because this was dealing with the whole zod thing but yeah it's 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 good stuff it's just that it wasn't completely fleshed out in the movie. It just, it had so well, many other things it was going for or I trying mean, to deal with. It, even the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies kind of latched onto the, with great power cones, great responsibility line and really built around those. It, it, As it well, should, it's really, Spider-Man's like uh, motto. Yeah. And uh, I don't think that this iteration of Superman really embraced that idea at all yeah so yeah and by the way i i will say i don't think the the dark knight trilogy really uh i do wonder what this new batman movie would be but i don't think that it completely nailed batman in a way that i see it in my head because i also see batman as a very conflicted character like very you know the whole thing about being a vigilante and do you have the right they deal with the fact that the public is not happy and the police and the you know there's like some tension there but batman himself he's just not demented enough for me he's like the most straight character in all his movies oftentimes almost like a detective you know the way he is especially in the dark knight and 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 I, and and the joker says how we're not so different you and i but actually they are like it's just that they don't they don't play it up enough. Um, you know, Batman is the most boring character in The Dark Knight. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, everybody's more interesting. <laughs> and that shouldn't be the case. Um, but that's, you know. Yeah, that... I, 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 sorry, I've, I've actually been saying for several years that if anybody ever dared to give me the right to direct a Batman movie, it would be NC-17. And Batman would be a fucking psychopath. <laughs> exactly. Darren <laughs> Aronofsky was going to do that. Uh, yeah. Well, well, only he wouldn't be driving around in a souped up Lincoln town car or whatever the hell he was trying to do. But yeah. And, and Alfred wouldn't be a 
a middle-aged black man named Big Al. He might be a black man. I mean, I don't care, but, you know, I just, I wouldn't do that. Uh, I wouldn't do the whole Big Al thing. Um, yeah, and ultimately, I think all these reboots and reiterations, the good thing is, uh, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but there's there's more of them coming, you know? It's just like, so, you know, like, there's there are new Spider-Mans, there, there's a new Batman, and I'm sure there's going to be a new Superman. And, and you can only hope that... Transformers. I have this hope that maybe that gets rebooted and done right. Um, Did you because see the, the Bumblebee movie? The Bumblebee movie was pretty good, right? Like it was not yeah. bad. It, it was I not mean, amazing. That's a, that's a soft reboot for sure. It, it was, was a step better. in step in the right direction, but um, yeah. but but yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's possible in the right hands, and you just yeah. hope, you know, whether it's even Star Trek. I, I don't know if there's a chance that Star Trek will be remade yeah, or yeah, if it's just it's, so far gone. Star Trek's well, dead. Star I, I, Trek's just, dead. <laughs> I just hope that the next time somebody, if you're right, Gil, that I hope that the next time someone reboots Superman, that they watch Man of Steel and they don't do everything on this list that is wrong with this movie. I, I, from your point of view, and I'm sure you're right on some of it, but but uh, but uh, some of the things that I like and are liked is it's just. You know, because we we just want to see a movie about a guy who landed from space and is superhuman. Well, whatever that thing is, it needs to be close. It needs to have the suit, obviously. But um, and the, most of the they they kept in there. But uh, but yeah, I, I understand that certain things need to be there. But other things are just it just needs to be a good story. Well, I, I mean, know. it would help if like you know you didn't have a movie where like you know. They have flying dildos in it. That's like completely unnecessary. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean uh, for sure. The, the, this movie was it's it's so over the top because when you think about Superman two, and you know him, it's my favorite, like one of my favorite comic book movies ever. It's like the quintessential sequel because they took Superman one and then they and two they have there's three of them flying around and he has to deal with three of them. That's genius. And it's dealt with so well, um, you know, like how he tricks them because he's been there longer and he used that to his own. better than this movie. Yeah, it is better than this movie. And it's and, and it's just so enjoyable because it's it's got strategy in it, personalities in it. And even though it's it's a bit campy and the effects are are cheap, it just really works on a lot of levels. And yeah. I, I don't know. It's but then this movie works another way, and then this one. The reason why I was going there is that there's no ships, there's no this. It's just flying people. That's it's cool. Like flying ships, I can see on you know Independence Day and other like alien movies. We didn't go. We didn't need to go that alien. You know, it would have been nice if they had kept their ships like in orbit or something, and and just made it more about the flying people. You know, which is what Superman is about. But uh, that's fine. Yeah. Well, while you're talking about flying people, why can't Clark fly as a child? I guess because like, he doesn't know the trick. You know? I don't think. Uh, well, he jumps. Zod and his soldiers learned within about two minutes. Uh, yeah, but they're yeah, he, trained. He, um... he he never listened to Tom Petty's song. Oh, maybe that's all it is. <laughs> maybe. Um, May he rest in peace. Uh, <laughs> I, well, I seriously, let, I love Tom Petty. So, <laughs> well, let me just wrap this up then, real quick, with what the last things I wanted to say. Number one, 
the if everything else in this movie was fine there's an almost unforgivable moment in this movie that just is it's mind-blowing to me that a movie could be made for all this money that is going to be like a tentpole thing it's going to be the start of a massive franchise for this you know studio and there's so many people who have to sign off on the script and through so many phases and everything and they have the scene with the terraforming line i want to throw up when i see that scene yeah it's so incredible to me that somebody didn't raise their hand and go um the character um richard schiff plays dr emil hamilton this guy is basically your stereotypical action sci-fi whatever movie uh he is the the president's smart scientist guy you know he's dr strange love you know or whatever you know i mean he is the guy they go to for answers because he knows everything you know and this guy looks at this thing and says the machine that's and he says oh it's it's heating the earth and it's it's somehow doing something to make it more dense and it's oh my god they're terraforming and for anyone who doesn't understand what i'm saying it's fine because maybe you're not into sci-fi and stuff like that but the word terraforming means to turn something earth-like we use it on earth here because we talk about going to other planets and creating something doing something to them to make them earth-like terraforming earth-like other civilizations turning earth into something that's not earth-like is not terraforming it's not a, a phrase that gets tossed around like that and the scientist who's the smartest man on earth would never say that line let alone just anybody who's read a decent amount of science fiction then they have the gall to have uh carol ferris's character who's supposed to be like an air force major or something i mean this woman flies planes and stuff and is supposed to be very smart and she's probably read a, enough science fiction or even just science to know what terraforming is and even if it's a raw, the, the entirely wrong word that should have never been used the way it's used, her character goes, what's that? And he goes, uh, it's when they change a planet to be like, no, it's not. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I really want to throw up every time I see that scene. I have no clue how that made it into this movie. It's well, unbelievable. I, and And the funny thing is, it's even less forgivable being that it came out two years after Transformers Dark of the Moon when the Decepticons were trying to do the exact same thing. Yes. <laughs> but they have a line in that movie because I don't remember. Anyway. <laughs> right. anyway. But, but what? Well, I don't know what, like, that's that's very nitpicky, really. Like, no! I mean... No, it's not! <laughs> no, because there is no word for, an, uh, like, you know, cryptoforming. Yeah, well, if they had known what the planet was called crypto on, they could have said crypto forming, but that's not yeah, they, a real word. Instead of terraforming, what you, would is, you would say they're <laughs> changing the planet to make it like their planet. And then someone would go, What? 
They'd be like, it's like terraforming, only they're not terraforming. They're doing the opposite. We're all going to yeah. die. <laughs> I agree with you that that could have been an easy fix if they had just flipped that. that like and that, that actually could have been a really entertaining scene. Right? What are they doing? Oh, 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 they're, 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 they're manipulating the planet to be like theirs. Is there a word for that? Uh, well, fuck it. I, I mean, well, we, we've got terraforming, but it's not exactly that. <laughs> well, no, maybe it's, someone it's, who's not a scientist. If somebody who's not a scientist were to say, oh, they're terraforming, and then the scientist would have corrected them, well, terraforming is making it like Earth, but, but close enough. Yeah, yeah that okay, could have so, been a so light moment. If, if they had written a scene that would somehow justify a uneducated homeless man being in the room who says that line, I would have accepted that and I would have loved it. And it would have oh. made sense because then I could have at least, it would have actually been a nice statement to every other sci-fi movie. Like Matt just said that, it, that incorrectly uses that term, but instead they have Carol Ferris say it. That's ridiculous. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now I, I actually think that, uh, Oh, I mean, you know, just compare this to uh, Jason Statham and Spy. My favorite line from that movie, where uh, how are you? Good? Never mind. Go ahead. I just want to see it. I want to hear you uh, say. It. Go ahead. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> oh, uh, uh, Melissa McCarthy. That that's her name, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Asks Jason Statham, "Where did you get that suit?" And he just says, "Fucking made it." Uh, I mean, like it, it's kind of the same thing, like where you can just have that moment where somebody says uh, they're terraforming. No, they're fucking cryptoforming. Yeah. <laughs> or something. I mean, that, that's, something. Uh, that's fun. Just, just, just <laughs> like, as, as long as they correct it, if they don't, they don't have to use the word cryptoforming. Just someone has, if you're going to, if you want to throw the word terraforming in incorrectly, have an idiot say it and have someone correct them. You don't have the person who's representing the smartest scientific mind in America incorrectly, not even just incorrectly, use the word terraforming in the opposite meant to describe something that's doing the opposite of terraforming. And yeah. then have someone else who's supposed to be very smart in the room go, what is that? As if they've never heard the word, in their, the term in their entire life. That yeah. is dumb. Anyway, okay, moving on. <laughs> oh, My right. big problem with this whole movie really comes down to this. The movie is joyless. It, like, I cannot believe that they managed to make a movie about Superman and the scene where he flies for the first time is absent of joy. It's completely absent of joy. Even that stupid Superman Returns movie that we were just talking about and ragging on, has a flashback scene where he's leaping really far and he's like thrilled. He can't, it's the first time in his life he's ever done this. He's leaping like half miles across like farms and then he flies for the first time and it's like amazing. If there's one experience that human beings across this entire planet can can call like a universal experience, like a universal uh, longing, you know, it's that for however long humans have been on this planet, we've probably looked at birds and went like, wow, that'd be kind of cool. 
Like, wow. Even if you never did it seriously and you never devoted time to thinking about flying, it's a practically universal thing that humans have thought about. And like, there's movies, not even forget about Marvel and DC. There's movies like, like that, that movie Chronicle where those teenagers all get Mm -hmm. weird powers and start flying. Like when you, you put a movie, a scene in a movie where a normal human being could fly for the first time in their life. It's almost like uh, obligatory that it's a joy filled scene because I can't think of any way that a human being would not be just giddy when that happens for the first time. I mean, even look at far back as like the rocketeer and stuff. It's something that is a slam dunk. All you have to do is depict somebody flying for the first time and show the joy of that moment. And this movie somehow, I have no clue how, manages to show the scene and everything from the tone to the, the visuals, the everything about it is just joyless. And that's like how the whole movie is. It's There's no hope and no joy in this movie. And it's so crazy to me. I mean, that's you, you asked me earlier if my feelings on this were based off like my feelings about the comic book in it. I don't think that that's the right way to put it because I mean, yeah, it, there's, there's that, but it gets down to the core of what Superman is. I mean, it, like you wouldn't accept it if like a, uh, a Shakespeare movie just completely altered the theme of what it's supposed to be about. Even if you were like, well, that's a bold new take. I mean, you could make changes to Shakespeare, but you know, it should at least represent what the story is supposed to be about. I mean, Superman is a very American story. It's like a, a true immigrant story at its core. You know, it's like about an alien comes, gets sent to earth and becomes the ultimate symbol of hope and goodness because he was raised by a wholesome, pure American couple, particularly his, his, yeah, his, his American mother and father raised him with what are considered, at least ideologically speaking, to be traditional American values, you know, and because of that, you know, he becomes the ultimate symbol of hope and goodness. But instead in this movie, Paul Kent is the worst. Get Kevin Costner telling him all his ridiculous stuff, like, oh, maybe you shouldn't go save anybody, just you know, protect yourself, kind of thing. And then they try to do this dark night thing where because that worked so well for Batman and these previous comic book movies where it had to be gritty and real. And I mean, you know, they tried to they were like basically said that Superman has to be they can't have this idealistic 50s Superman. Can't do it. We have to make him more real. Nobody's going to accept that. And that's really basically what the problem is. I mean, that I, I can't say it as well as this, but I, I just want to read you this real quick. <laughs> that, this is this is not me. This is someone, some guy wrote this. What was like, all this before? I was like, all these like written arguments. But it's okay. I, I, I've had countless arguments about this online. Yeah, it's okay. But I had a feeling this, we weren't going to look This is what it comes down to right here, okay? I did not write this, but I cannot agree with it more. Okay. Somebody on, I don't know, probably Twitter or something wrote this probably right after Batman V Superman. Okay. They spent so much time with this movie and even doubled down even more on with Batman V Superman to take Superman as a character that's supposed to be like Richard Donner, supposed to be filled with hope 
and a symbol of hope and goodness and said, that can't be. We can't do that. People won't accept it. You can't make this kind of a movie. And it's just sad that they did that in, you know, 2012 or whenever this movie came out, 2013. Uh, 2013. Yeah. yeah. Because, I mean, we've had a whole decade of this, like, horrible. I mean, it, this, all right, I'll just read this. Okay. This guy says this. Okay. Uh, I'll just give the guy credit because his name's right here on my phone, Richard Donaldson. I think this might have been a tweet or something. I don't know. But it says, in a post 9 11 war on terror world, Warner Brothers and DC has convinced people that Superman cannot exist. In a post 9 11 war on terror world, Marvel has convinced people that Captain America not only can exist, but should. And that's all there is to it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, it's, uh, and I still prefer Man of Steel. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I, I am not a big Marvel fan, but uh, some of their movies are not bad. Um, but uh, and, and yes, like we said, a happy medium would be nice. Um, yeah, but but yeah, as far as uh, I don't disagree with you about the criticism that he's joyless. The the whole thing with the flying, I agree that that's that's just human. And maybe it's like, yeah, the Richard Donner, there's the whole running thing in the beginning, and he's like having fun with the oh, train. I like that. I forgot about that scene. Yeah, yeah, it's like, it's, you don't see, all you see about his childhood is that like he's being bullied. But maybe because that's what the movie was about. So they're like overly focused on, on having him be awkward, um, you know, not in control of his power, being more of a freak, less of a, a talent, you know, because he plays football in the original Superman. He's like super fast, yeah. or he doesn't. He doesn't like. He doesn't go all the way fast, but just like quickly yeah. enough, and and all that stuff, or kicks the ball, uh, like having fun with it, like a child would. Uh, right. And you and you see none of that here. All you see is his awkwardness, and he's a loner, yeah. and he goes off on weird adventures like fishing and whatnot. <laughs> it's just a different movie because they said like, well, that's been done before. Let's do it differently. Well, that's but, all. You know, I, I I can accept that as a your as what you're saying, but as a filmmaker, if you're making a story about a character that represents hope, and I mean, it's not like that's not even talked about in the movie. Like we said in the trailer, that those lines are all in there. This movie is supposed to be about that. It purports to be about that, about a character that is a symbol of hope. Don't you feel that it's a huge flaw? as a filmmaker to have a movie that is without hope and without joy and without optimism. But I think if that's we established, what your movie is about. I mean, I think we did establish that at, in the end, the idea is that things can seem hopeless. It, they seem depressing. They seem insurmountable, whether it's like his circumstances, how, how he made it to the planet and he's fatherless by the end. He loses his... His original father, his uh, his adoptive father, and even his hologram father. Um, uh, but but in the end, he makes he needs to make a very very tough decision, and and it's not a fun one to make. But once he makes it, he knows that now he can be. All the options are on the table. Like he can finally be free to to be the man that he was destined to be. It's just, it's too bad that he has to go through all these trials and tribulations to get there, but that's the hero's journey. 
But like we said, yes, it doesn't pay off <laughs> in Batman versus Superman. Although, you know, he can, it's the battle of good versus evil in Batman versus Superman and stuff. So, you know, so there's some of that there as well. But it, but yes, like he needs to be a, a bit more of a Boy Scout, at least in the next movie for Man of Steel to, to pay off. Because I do think there's hope at the end of it. And there's even some humor in the end of it, you know, like he, yeah, uh, like the, the, the crashing the drone and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like what was that the entire movie? <laughs> you well, know? Uh, so I'll say <clears> this because I I didn't think about this until we were talking earlier. Now, I think despite all of these ne- mat- terrible flaws with this movie, if DC and Warner Brothers and Zack Snyder had all looked at what they did with this movie and what was wrong with it, and then backpedaled. I think like you just said that if the next movie that came out with Henry Cavill as Superman, the follow-up movie then backpedaled and tried to be a more traditional Superman, I think this movie still could have served as a very flawed but functional beginning to their universe. But instead of backpedaling, they doubled down. Yeah. And, and I don't deny that. Um, I mean, I, I personally don't deny it. I, I think the next one is problematic, uh, but they have rushed it. Um, it seems like, it sounds like Noir maybe liked it better than we did um, there. But um, but yeah, I, I it's, that's why I kind of want to judge this movie based on its own merit because, um, yeah, I do feel like a lot of what happened after is just a bit too rushed. And I don't like the serialization of, uh, you know, the whole universe and stuff. I feel like it's uh, a bit too much. So, uh, but as far as like, you know, servicing this character again in the cinematic universe, this to me was a very serviceable movie and was very exciting. It wasn't a slam dunk. It definitely wasn't a slam dunk. I liked Michael Shannon a lot. Yeah, uh, Michael Shannon was good. Uh, Henry Cavill is 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 also good. He could be better. Like I really think uh, he could have been lighter. It's, um, I think it's just Snyder. <laughs> I don't know. I I think um uh when I see him in movies like Man from Uncle and stuff like that, I don't know if it's that he had years to grow as an actor or um oh even uh, the Mission Impossible movie that he's in. Uh, I I Fall think. Out. Yeah, thank you. Um, I, I don't know. I don't think he's bad in this at all. I think he's a very good Superman. Uh, I just, I think it has the script as the problem. I think the story that they're trying to tell and failing to tell is the problem. I think he's a fine Superman. Um, I, I should not get into this cause this is super, super comic book nerd nitpicky, but despite loving Amy Adams as an actress and just thinking that she's just a knockout, I, I think she's wrong for Lois Lane. I don't know if she's wrong as much as that it's the same character issue. I really think that they didn't nail that, um, you know, altogether what she's supposed to be. Uh, she could have been stronger for sure. Yeah. E- even though it may be a different, and there's actually, uh, I saw when I was watching the movie, I saw like a, an IMDb trivia. They said how she's, at that point, it was the third time she was auditioning for, for Lois Lane because apparently what? she auditioned for Superman Returns. Oh my god! And there was like the one that didn't happen. Um, what? 
So this was the th- she was like the third time she's like and at that point she was an established actress. She's like I gotta get this role because it's stupid. Like I've tried it so many times to get it, I might as well like try to be it. So she for forced herself in because she had star power by that point. But wow. um, but yeah, no, it's um, but you're right. Maybe she wasn't the right Lois Lane. I, I do like her as an actress very much, but maybe maybe so, I, I, I could see her as at least three or four other comic book characters that I think she'd be far better as than Lois Lane. Yeah, it's tough. I really think that Snyder is um, not great, like not not a great actor's director. Like, I really think that he uh, he's just not good at, at whatever it is, whether he doesn't tell them the right words uh, or or just sets the right tone or the the scene correctly to, to get the right performances from people. Because I think everybody here could have been, even Michael Shannon is better than what he is in this movie. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, I think uh, Snyder is just not a great director as far as acting. He's, he should, he's one of those, he's kind of like Ridley Scott, should have been a cinematographer probably, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, but he's making movies and he's making flawed movies and every once in a while uh, with a very good script and a very good source material might hit a home run like he did with 300 and i think watchmen was a home run not a like a full full like home run but but it's pretty good it's it's, it was very enjoyable i i i love watchmen so but i mean being a good director of actors okay let's put that in our back pockets as a potential um future episode oh oh yeah intriguing because I, I I have some opinions about this because I actually used to act as Gil knows. <laughs> I mm-hmm. mean, I've actually acted for Gil, so, you know, but... Yeah, uh, that's a good yeah. idea for an episode about... Um, yeah, because uh, it is an interesting subject. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah.